The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the host and their guests and not those of W4CS Radio, its employees, or affiliates. W4CS makes no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening to the Cancer Support Network on W4CS.com. Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. And welcome to Five to Thrive Live. I am Carolyn Gazella, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Dr. Lise Allschuler. Hello, Lise. How are you doing this fine Tuesday? I'm quite good. And you? I am doing pretty great. It was a beautiful, sunny, wonderful day here in Colorado. And yeah, I, I'm doing I'm doing great. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. We've been exchanging some emails today. I know you're working hard today and uh, I know focused and that's good. I'm glad you got I to know. see your nice day outside a little bit. Yep, just a little. I didn't go horseback riding, which is always a little bit disappointing when it, the weather's nice. But yes, I was working hard, as were you. And we are so excited about the show. But I want to remind our listeners that we do have a chat room, and if you have a question tonight, you're welcome to go into the chat room and type in your question or join this conversation. We'll be monitoring that chat room uh, throughout the show. It's located in the bottom right-hand corner of the website. Just click on the general chat, and you'll be able to type in your question. And I also wanted to remind you that if this is your first time listening to us, you can find out a ton of information about us and this show and our books and all kinds of information on our website at 5 to Thrive Plan. Dot com. That's all spelled out, 5tothriveplan.com. Yes, and be sure, if you have not already, to sign up for those Thrive Thoughts because those are pretty awesome bits of information we send out every week. And we do that and this radio show with the very generous support of our sponsors, who includes Cognizant Cetacoline, Cetria Glutathione, Sun Theanine, and Tomorrow's Nutrition. We really do appreciate our sponsors. Yes, we do. And we also want to remind you that if you've missed any of our shows, don't worry. You can listen on iHeart.com. Just go to iHeart.com and search for 5 to Thrive Live and you'll find our past shows. And we also feature shows on our website, 5 to com. So there are a lot of great ways to listen to past shows or to, if you like this show, just tell a friend to go to iHeart.com. Lise, you know, I am excited for tonight's show because we have the perfect expert to help us explore this interesting and important topic. We'll be discussing Chinese medicine and how this form of natural medicine can help people recover from cancer treatment and help them transition from survivor mode to thriver mode, which is really what, what our plan is all about. Absolutely. And I've known our guest for many years and I have the utmost respect for him. So I'm excited for you to introduce him in a moment. And, you know, I think that this topic of Chinese medicine, which includes both Chinese herbal medicine as well as acupuncture, 
is really important. It has a huge benefit on the quality of life of people going through active conventional treatment. It supports them through their recovery, and I recommend it a lot. There's a, a quote that I read recently that I really like when um, describing kind of how cancer is viewed within Chinese medicine. And the quote is, cancer in Chinese medicine is seen as a local manifestation of a systemic disease. Mm -hmm. And I like the way that that's phrased, and I think that has a lot to do and maybe is a nice setup for what our guest is going to talk to us about tonight. Yeah, I like that quote too. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest. Dr. Winston Cardwell is a naturopathic physician and a licensed acupuncturist. He received his naturopathic doctorate from the National College of Natural Medicine and has degrees in both naturopathic and classical Chinese medicine. He also has advanced training in integrative oncology, cardiology, and environmental medicine. He is the founder of the Atlanta Integrative Medicine Clinic in Roswell, Georgia. Dr. Cardwell, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a delight. I've been trying to get you on the show for quite some time, but you're a busy man, which is a good thing because I'm sure you're working hard for your patients. So uh, why don't we start off, if we can, by just telling our listeners what sparked your interest in Chinese medicine? That's a great question, and uh, it's something that I, I had absolutely no idea of outside of maybe what we all grew up with uh, watching TV as children and seeing things every once in a while on a Bruce Lee uh, movie or, or something in, uh, in that sense. Uh, growing up in the southeastern United States, it really didn't have a lot of acupuncturists on every corner uh, like we do in, uh, did in San Francisco. But I uh, was interested in, in natural healing, um, incidentally, just throughout my entire life, the way that I was brought up, and eventually my path took me to naturopathic medical school, and once I was there, as part of the first um, couple of years of the basics of naturopathic medicine and, and uh, natural medicine in general, we uh, were required to take Chinese medicine 101 and 102, literally, uh, with Dr. Heiner Fruhoff, and he did a wonderful job of covering the basics, the theory of Chinese medicine that really opened my eyes to what, what Chinese medicine meant. It wasn't just sticking needles in people or uh, these smoky things that you saw uh, on TV, but just a, an entire system of medicine that has evolved over thousands and thousands of years, 5,000 or, or more, um, and it's been refined over those thousands of years in so many ways and so many times that has really uh, been distilled down, and, and it's still being refined as we learn more and more uh, over the years. And, and one of the things that really um, sparked my interest was the uh, the fact that there is really just about an answer for everything uh, in the medical sense in Chinese medicine. There is a uh, an answer for what what is red sweat, what is green sweat, what is um, the cause of, of different types of nausea at different times of the day, things that we haven't really spent a lot of time looking into, uh, at least in recent times in, in our medicine medical system past couple hundred years, um, we just kind of sweat a sweat and, and a fever is a fever, but in Chinese medicine there's there's all different types of differentiations and when you differentiate it out to the right type and provide it with the right treatment, you get the magical response that uh, a lot of people consider a miracle, but it really is just the uh, the, the, the teachings that, that have evolved over, over hundreds and thousands of years to get a, give us what we have now um, in, in conventional um, Chinese medicine. Uh, and, and that was a, a huge um, part of what, what got me involved in it. And then secondhand, as I was in school, 
I saw a number of, of friends and family members being treated at our uh, local clinic uh, with uh, near miraculous results themselves. And I just remember thinking that I needed to know more. I wanted to know more. And uh, I applied to the program and was accepted, and that was the beginning. You know, it really is a very robust form of medicine. And, and acupuncture is a big um, plays a big role with uh, Chinese medicine. And I'm a huge fan of acupuncture. But for those of our, our listeners who haven't had acupuncture, can you just tell us a little bit what acupuncture is and and how what role it does play in Chinese medicine? And be sure you tell us how big the needles are. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Great, Don't great listen. Point, great point. Uh, it's it's loosely defined. At, well, let me back up. Acupuncture in in China and and other um, cultures that use. Um, Characters to describe this you combine both of the terms acupuncture and moxibustion, um, which is really what what the 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 two components of the physical aspect of of Chinese medicine are in in this sense, um, using the application of th- certain therapeutics over over acupuncture points. The uh, the term is, is inseparable in, in, in China, whereas here we mostly hear about acupuncture, um, which is what most of us are familiar with, the use of, of needles of various sizes, lengths, um, and uh, to, that are inserted at different locations in the body that are basically predetermined points uh, from going back to that long, long history that are all all over the body, but they're very specific locations based on landmarks uh, of the body. They all have different depths, so you would not do the same length of, uh, or depth of a needle in the chest as you would in the thigh. Um, and then certainly, again, the sizes, the width of the needles uh, vary from the application as well as the, uh, the age you're trying to uh, work with the um, moxibustion is the other half, as I mentioned, and that's that's the um, basically the use of uh, herbs. Generally, it is artemisia uh, or wormwood that has been refined and either rolled into a, a a tube that looks sort of like a cigar and that's lit and smolders and delivers uh, a small amount of heat that is then applied over the area of the acupuncture. Uh, point or it is also uh, something that is put on the end of a needle to warm the needle itself or, or applied directly to the skin and then removed just before it, it gets down to the, to the burning um, level of the skin. And that has more of a, of a warming, tonifying quality, uh, whereas the acupuncture is more of a cooling and reducing uh, therapy. And that's just a differentiation between the two. Um, of course, they both can be used interchangeably for opposite uh, applications and are used uh, in that way all the time. Uh, it's just that that is the way that I was taught. They, they evolved over time, acupuncture more in the south where there was more heat and moxibustion more in the north where it was colder, and so you'd use more warming therapies in that location. So then the, the, the approach is to utilize the, um, the, the points that, that, as I mentioned, are, are all throughout the body to initiate some end result. And the the term that is often used here in in the States and and elsewhere is the movement and activation of qi, uh, which a lot of people refer to as as energy, which is really not a very good translation, but it's the best that we have as Westerners to wrap our mind around um, the the concept. And so it's not really a a good translation. But the... um, 
other aspect is, is is that you're wanting to, or we have been trying to figure out what is acupuncture for for so long. Is it just a pain response? Is it just an endorphin response? Is it having a local response? And and there have been immense amount of studies that are still going on to this day trying to answer that question. And we do know a lot more about it than we did, and um, and we're still learning a lot more. Okay. Hmm. Well, let's oh. take a break, and we'll yeah. come back. Stress is a major part of our daily lives. We worry, feel stressed out, sleepless, and sapped of energy. Fortunately, there's a natural product that can help. L-theanine is a special amino acid found in green tea that induces a state of relaxation while keeping the brain alert and active. Suntheanine is a natural patented form of L-theanine from Tomorrow's Nutrition. Suntheanine has been clinically proven to improve focus, enhance concentration, and reduce stress without drowsiness while improving sleep quality. For more information, visit tomorrowsnutrition.com. As a special bonus, listeners get 20% off any product by mentioning 5 to Thrive. Live better, save money, and thrive at tomorrowsnutrition.com. We are constantly being bombarded by toxins in the air we breathe, water we drink, and even the foods we eat. So what's the answer? Glutathione. It's inside every cell in your body and protects you from the damage of oxidative stress and toxins. There's a special patented form of glutathione that is superior called Cetria. Cetria is pure, vegetarian, and allergen-free. Help replenish your body's reserves of this very important nutrient, detoxified a natural way. Visit cetriaglutathione.com. That's cetriaglutathione.com. Are you interested in boosting your brain power? So am I. This is Carolyn Gazella, co-host of 5 to Thrive Live, and I'm here to tell you about a supplement that I take. The human brain needs a lot of nutrition to stay focused throughout the day. Citicoline naturally enhances energy-producing centers within the brain. Cognizant delivers a clinically tested, patented form of citicoline that supplies your brain with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Look for Cognizant on the label, or for more information, visit Cognizant.com. That's Cognizant.com. Live. I am Carolyn Gazella, and I am joined by my co-host, Dr. Lise Ulshuler. And tonight, our guest is Dr. Winston Cardwell, and we are talking about Chinese medicine. I also want to remind our listeners that we would love to have you join our conversation. There is a chat room located in the bottom right-hand corner of the website. If you click on the general chat, you'll be able to type in your question or your comment. Indeed. So what uh, acupuncture can do for people that have been diagnosed with cancer? So I'm wondering, Dr. Cardwell, if you can give us kind of your view on how this is so appropriate and applicable to people with this diagnosis. 
Uh, absolutely, and and it, it is such a wonderful uh, modality for for a lot of different reasons. And and the biggest things that we see, especially with the interest uh, in conventional uh, oncology groups, is the fact that there is no known interactions with chemotherapy, radiation, uh, or, or a number of other uh, approaches that are taken with uh, oncology in the conventional sense. So. We have a lot more uh, support and, and uh, sigh of relief from our conventional colleagues when they hear about uh, acupuncture being used as compared to some of the other things that we commonly use that a lot of people don't know as much about. And there's so many uh, areas that can provide instant relief uh, from the side effects of chemotherapy, uh, radiation, uh, et cetera. Um, we see it being studied in a number of different areas and, and being uh, utilized in uh, pediatric oncology. It has had several studies published this year on the benefits and reduction of nausea and pain. Uh, it's being used uh, in, in uh, a number of other hospitals uh, also for, for pain support and pain relief, I should say. Um, we see it having a, a cortisol modulating response and reducing uh, both the fatigue uh, as well as, as uh, helping with insomnia. And as we all know, that the, uh, chronic elevated cortisol levels do increase the, uh, the tendency for, for um, metastasis, recurrence, and even um, oncogenesis uh, initially. So we see a lot of different uh, approaches uh, that can, it can be applied for, whether it be nausea, vomiting, uh, anemia, uh, uh, low white blood cell, low platelets, um, neuropathy, and then lastly, it's it's a wonderful, what I call a gateway therapy for a lot of other Chinese uh, medical approaches that, that also have powerful healing abilities, uh, such as Qigong and uh, moxibustion that we mentioned earlier. And now, uh, Dr. Cardwell, you mentioned some of these key side effects that people uh, can experience um, with uh, treatment, uh, conventional cancer treatment. Um, I'd like to stay on the topic of side effects, but switch to the topic of J- uh, Chinese botanicals. Uh, can Chinese botanicals help relieve some of these side effects? And can you give us some examples um, as they relate to some of the side effects that you just mentioned? Absolutely. We see a lot of, of study uh, on this topic uh, in China as well as in a number of other countries, including ours, uh, because the interest has grown so much and because of the sheer size of China, the, the this, uh, studies are just pouring out on a daily basis. Uh, and in China, there's a, there is uh, the combination of the, the conventional uh, chemotherapy radiation with that of, of the classical Chinese approach on a daily basis within the hospital um, from the same provider. So there's a lot of knowledge there. We see, um, for example, with uh, loss of appetite, a major compl- uh, complaint that we see, um, we use uh, an herb called Jinei Jin, uh, Maya, Suya, Shanza, Shinchu. These are all herbs that have digestive capacity uh, enhancing the digestive system. Some of them are Uh, derived from digestive uh, components of of other animals. Some of them are uh, sprouts. Um, Shanza, for example, is is, uh, Crataegus or Hawthorne, something that we use a lot in uh, Western botanical medicine. Uh, Constipation is another big uh, problem that we see, and there are several gentle herbs that are used to nourish the uh, intestine, basically things that increase the oil content or, or increase the water content of the stool, thus making it a little bit easier to, to have a bowel movement. We use um, Hulma Rin, which is a cannabis seed. We use 
uh, dafong or rhubarb, which is more of a potent um, uh, mover of the bowels. We use uh, more gentle things like rotsongrong um, uh, and uh, gualo ren to help with nourishing the, uh, the intestines as well. Um, dry mouth is another big one. There are several herbs that are very effective um, from a ginseng-like herb called tai tzu shen to um, uh, herbs um, from the citrus um, family, herbs that are in the um, category of, of kind of like almost like asparagus in a sense, um, uh, asparagus root, and then other herbs, uh, shirhu and yutsu, that uh, really don't have any Western analogs that uh, help with nourishing the, the fluid in not only the mouth but other parts of the body. Um, tons of support for pain, neuropathy, I could go on. So. so so let me actually interrupt you there for a moment, and I, I want to just sort of back you out to a little bit of a larger perspective for a second because, uh, well, I want to ask you two questions. Number one, if you could just speak to, clearly you're, you're very well-versed in Chinese medicine, and a lot of these names are completely unfamiliar to our listeners, so that hopefully will trigger them to think, huh, I guess if I'm going to use Chinese herbs, I should probably go see somebody who has expertise in the area. And then with that expertise, my question is, do you, um, when you're putting a formula together, do you consider the impact between those herbs and the chemotherapeutics? Has that been studied or how do you manage that situation? Excellent question, and that is something that is, is of utmost importance both for the, the safety of the patient uh, as well as the continuity of care between uh, our, our colleagues in conventional oncology and those of us in the integrative world. And it is something that as much as possible I utilize studies that have been shown with specific combinations uh, of different chemotherapeutic agents uh, that have more of the robust studies that we consider the double-blind placebo-controlled crossover studies uh, that do exist in, in, in uh, China, and, and, and we're getting there in our in our country with herbs like curcumin and honokia uh, or magnolia extract, etc. So there is definitely a, a science to the uh, application, and there every formula is different for every individual and for every type of cancer. So. There's a lot of individualization that goes in with formula, and the herbs that I just threw out are one fall into certain categories that would be incorporated by the practitioner, not that we just put all of those herbs in one pot and then we give it to somebody and say, here, this is for dry mouth, um, because all these herbs help with dry mouth. It's, it's imperative to utilize both the individual's presentation, their constitution, what makes them them, uh, as opposed to your neighbor or your sister, um, and then, of course, some of the uh, herbs are more potent in action um, that have a greater tendency for uh, seeing a, a side effect or a, an interaction profile, whereas a lot of them are more nourishing and almost food-like and have been used in, and are used in China as, as food on a regular basis. And so that's one of the things that I think about when I'm putting together a formula with somebody that I know is on chemotherapy. Some different, some forms we have them take a day or two break before or after or longer, depending on the herbs or the chemo. Some are actually better to do with the chemotherapy, as, as has been shown in a number of studies. But really, that uh, is answer, I, I would say, comes a lot from my training. I had a wonderful professor at... NCNM, Dr. Munkoko, who uh, taught me a lot, and I uh, rely on a lot of, lot of that from, um, from what he taught me years ago. 
And it sounds like you are, you know, the nice thing about what you're describing is that Chinese medicine is one of the oldest healing traditions on the planet. And yet there's a lot of scientific evidence and research that's been done. So you're able to rely on that tradition and then look at the body of data to really see how that can work into modern treatments of chemotherapy and radiation. Speaking of which, one of the most tenacious and difficult to manage side effects of treatment, and this can happen and remain in people long after their treatments are done, is immune deficiency. So they might have their immune system kind of knocked down a notch. Sometimes that's because the chemo is or the radiation is directly affecting the bone marrow where white blood cells or immune cells are produced. And when that happens, it can be hard to bring those white cells back. And sometimes that can last, as I said, for years after treatment is over. So is this a particular side effect that you've seen good success with, with maybe a combination of acupuncture and herbs, or is this something that Chinese medicine just doesn't address? That's a great question. And, and again, there are so many studies supporting uh, the, uh, the, the application of a number of different approaches. Uh, and then there's also the historical data that we need to be very careful not to forget um, that uh, when we just take these, these studies and the data and apply them, as I said earlier, separately uh, and individually, we don't get the same effect that we, that we um, see when they're combined um, in a, in a uh, traditional sense, the way that, that uh, the, the classics teach. So there's definitely a lot of uh, approaches that can be immune-enhancing, uh, and, and uh, the biggest thing that we see is, is natural killer cell uh, modulation as a wonderful a uh, study that uh, just came out this year on on uh, the the uh, enhancement of natural killer cell activity uh, from acupuncture uh, alone, and uh, we see that with certain points. We see that with um, the uh, classic point stomach 36, which is alongside the leg, and uh, the stimulation either with electrical or manual stimulation has been shown to enhance a number of immune um, components as well as uh, a number of different herbs that uh, we use on a, on a daily basis. Uh, some, again, are more food-like, like astragalus. Um, they can be literally p- combined in with soups and porridges um, to things um, that are a little bit more um, advanced pharmacologically, things um, like gentian and huanglian, um, which, which are, are basically golden uh, seal-like herb. Um, Chuan Xin Lian or Andrographis has been shown to increase white blood cell activity. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot that have been shown to increase both the, um, the, the number of different components of the immune system. Yeah, and those, those are really important because that's showing that there's direct anti-cancer effects. And I, I'm curious, Dr. Cardwell, when it comes to Chinese botanicals and acupuncture, have there been any studies showing that they can actually enhance the effects of conventional treatments such as chemotherapy and radiation therapy? Yeah, there are quite a few. Uh, most of them are, are uh, to the dismay of a lot of people in the West, are, are another combination approaches. Um, but this is, is time and time again has been shown in China that when you have the combined approach, you, you get a better response overall, which drives us crazy uh, over here in the West when we're trying to tease out the individual one thing that makes the difference. And that doesn't mean that people in China are not trying to do the same thing, but there's just a, a, a cultural understanding uh, that, that we have a hard time wrapping our, our minds around from the scientific method. 
Um, but there are uh, a number of, of different herbs that, that we use in, in naturopathic and, and Western medicine quite often that have uh, shown tremendous um, benefit in, in um, oncology. The uh, probably most well-known is, is turmeric uh, with the uh, isolate or, or active component, curcumin, um, and the uh, alkaloids, the other being uh, honokiol, which is from magnolia. It's one of my favorite botanicals for, for cancer in, in a broad sense, and, and there are generally very few that work for everything. And honokiol and turmeric consistently seem to show up time and time again with just about everything that we tested against uh, in a positive way. Um, and then when we combine these with the chemotherapeutics, we see a, a significant increase in uh, survivorship, quality of life, um, recurrence, uh, reduction rates, uh, just a, a broad array of, of everything that you would hope uh, and, and want from, from integrative approaches. We, we do see with a lot of these formulas. So there, there's definitely a lot out there that can be done to um, in, encourage or allow the chemotherapeutics or radiation therapy to have a better effect um, while at the same time reducing the damage to the healthy tissue and protecting it without reducing the impact of the chemotherapy. And the biggest problem with these studies generally when we do them is we look at them for two to three months or a year at most. Uh, and so we don't know really what the long-term outcome is, uh, but there are more and more studies that have been going on for a long time and in other countries that are showing that, yes, indeed, it did enhance the chemotherapy and the patient did live much, much longer than they would have had they gone just by themselves without um, the support of the um, Chinese therapy. So, you know, with all of this, it makes me think, well, gosh, who shouldn't? I mean, everybody should get acupuncture <laughs> and Chinese medicine, but surely that's not true. So um, who comes to you and you, because you're both an acupuncturist and an naturopathic doctor, who comes to you with a diagnosis of cancer where you say, you know what, acupuncture is really not the thing for you right now, or Chinese herbs are not the thing for you right now? Um, that's tough, because we try and, uh, we try and find, find um, therapies for, for just about everybody, but there are people that are not candidates uh, for it. And generally, as far as acupuncture goes, the, the main contraindication that, that I see uh, and most commonly as individuals that are just extremely weak. Acupuncture, as I mentioned, uh, relies on the manipulation of qi in the body, and when, when, when one is very weak, there is very little qi to manipulate. And there is a little bit of an expenditure of that qi with the action of acupuncture. And for a, a normal, healthy individual, um, that's not a problem, and, and the return is, is much greater than, than the cost, so to speak. Um, and, and same thing with our, our, our patients who have been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, it's more of the individuals that are, that are extremely weak, that, that have a hard time standing or walking. Of course, there's arguments uh, that there are certain specific approaches that can be used to, to increase their energy. That's when I usually use moxibustion on, on an individual um, to, to strengthen their immune system over the, um, the, the acupuncture itself. And then as far as the botanicals go, I will, uh, if someone comes to me and, and they cannot keep a single thing down no matter what it is, there's no point in me trying to get herbs in them that I know that is going to come right back up and, and that are going to taste not very good usually. Um, 
so there, there's there's things like that that are just kind of common sense um, daily uh, considerations that that you wouldn't make necessarily as a physician, but just as a, as a, as a normal caregiver. Um, you know, this person is, is not able to um, stomach this right now, and so there's no way of getting it into them, which is where we really need to take this form of medicine uh, in the direction that we've seen in China with, with um, more intravenous therapies available with these herbs and these combination formulas uh, that we don't have FDA approval for here in the States yet. You know, Dr. Cardwell, it, it occurs to me that it's important to manage patient expectations when it comes to botanicals and acupuncture. So how how quickly, and I realize it probably varies dramatically by the individual, but how quickly can someone expect to see results um, for acupuncture um, or for the botanicals? Yeah, this is a tough question for us to answer when we, we ask that question every day. And my, my general response is, depending on the condition, how long it's been going on, and um, we, we discuss that, uh, what the, out, the, the, the outcomes and when we expect to see them uh, would be. Generally, my response uh, to individuals that ask that question is, let's give it four or five tries, see if you notice a difference. If you don't notice a difference, then let's try another approach. Um, that's, again, kind of a general answer. Someone who has been uh, really sick for a really, really long time, then it's it's going to take a, a good bit longer to, to see a response. And then with the, the, the modern medicine aspect, we, we do utilize conventional lab testing as well as symptom questionnaire and, and just the subjective uh, observations uh, by the patient on themselves as well as their caregivers, family members, to see, are we getting better? Do we notice a difference? Because um, sometimes people will be so um, feeling ill that they will not be able to track their improvement. And, and um, if we look at it from a, a numeric perspective, uh, raw data, we, we actually can see that there has been improvement, whether it be through lab values or through, through symptom questionnaires. And when we do see that, we then continue and we move forward and uh, work towards and getting uh, to the next level of, of any, uh, increased response. And then I always tell patients that if, if you don't have uh, the response that we want to, to see here, um, that doesn't mean that acupuncture is not working for you. It just means that what you and I, the patient and I, are doing with acupuncture is not working. Uh, so I certainly refer out to other individuals and they, um, uh, vice versa, refer to me because there's uh, definitely a, a lot of different approaches and, and uh, a lot of different knowledge from different languages of, of teaching that, that uh, can be um, applicable for one person and not necessarily of another. So if you've tried acupuncture, it hasn't worked, um, give it another shot with another provider. All right, so yeah, that humble you are, but uh, we don't want you to end on that note. So, tell us about um, maybe a like one of your favorite successes that you've had using Chinese medicine and/or acupuncture. Oh gosh, um, probably the, the my my favorite uh, case was an individual with um, chronic uh, leukemia who had. Um, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, who had been exposed to an environmental substance that, that was known to, to cause um, the condition and, and did, in fact, cause that in the individual. Um, they were suffering from a lot of, lot of pain, a lot of bone pain, um, 
and we did acupuncture regularly on this individual who drove from very far away, and we were able to keep the white blood cell count from uh, skyrocketing the way that it had been told to the individual um, uh, within a few weeks of, of her turning down conventional chemotherapy. She, was, she wasn't a candidate. She wasn't able to tolerate it. It caused um, significant toxicity. Um, and she was basically um, sent home with no other options. And she was persistent and found our, our office, and we worked with her with both Chinese herbs and acupuncture for a good five years after the, uh, the, the time that we met and were able to keep the uh, white blood cells in uh, check and keep her body um, as, as healthy as she needed to be. And um, it was just wonderful to see the, uh, the passion and the, um, the, 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 the pleasure that, that the family had with um, seeing such significant responses from such seemingly simple approaches. Yeah, that's a that's a great a great success story. Now, it, a lot of our listeners are struggling with either a diagnosis or with treatment. What final advice do you have, Dr. Cardwell, for people who are who are trying to heal from their cancer treatment and from their cancer? Um, I would say that the most significant component is 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 be be proactive, be persistent, and be patient. Uh, keep working at it every day unless those around you to, to help you if you're not able to. Um, find a qualified practitioner now and don't, don't wait for things to get worse or, 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 or where they're, they're at a point where you can't turn them around because there is a point of no return even in natural medicine. And it's very important to, to, to take action as soon as you can um, and know that there's always uh, potential for, for healing in, in every aspect of the body and that uh, there are so many different ways that, that can support the body. And acupuncture, Chinese medicine, is, is just one of many um, and certainly a favorite one of mine. And we see so many wonderful responses from it time and time again that, that uh, I strongly encourage them to find somebody who has had training uh, with a, a focus on oncology or whatever their condition of concern is uh, and, and uh, pursue the, uh, the best that they can and to really look at not just acupuncture and moxibustion but the other components of it, the qigong, which is the exercise form, the uh, cupping therapy, the um, breathing therapies. There's so many uh, other components that really do uh, apply to the whole mind and body and spirit that uh, we often overlook and uh, don't give as much uh, attention to here in, in the West. All right. Well, it was uh, really wonderful to hear your clear commitment and passion to Chinese medicine, obviously fueled by the successes that you have in your practice. So how can people find out about you and your clinic? Do you have a website that you can share? I do. It's, it's uh, very simple. It's atlantaintegrativemedicine.com. And uh, you can just Google my name, Winston Cardwell, MD, and Georgia, and we'll eventually get to my website. Um, and I welcome uh, any calls, uh, emails. I'd be happy to refer to colleagues around the country because uh, there, there are a lot of us out there that, that uh, have uh, just as much training and expertise as, as um, uh, others out there. Great. And tell us your website one more time, please. It's Atlanta 
integrativemedicine.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Cardwell, and um, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your evening. When we come back from our final break, Carolyn and I are going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk more about the value of acupuncture and Chinese medicine in our Five to Thrive plan. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Green tea is good for us. It's a key part of the Five to Thrive plan. What if you don't care for the taste of green tea? And with so many green tea supplements, how do you choose? No one wants to waste their money on a poor quality product. And I know I want organic to avoid the harmful toxins. That's why you should choose Sunfinin. Sunfinin from Tomorrow's Nutrition gives you the highest quality green tea possible and they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. They have confidence in the quality of all their products. As a special offer to 5 to Thrive listeners, Tomorrow's Nutrition will give you 20% off your order. Go to tomorrowsnutrition.com and type in the code 5 to Thrive when you check out and you'll automatically receive 20% off your order. Get quality. Get results. Get Sunfinin Green Tea from Tomorrow's Nutrition. That's tomorrowsnutrition.com. And don't forget to type in the code 5 to Thrive to get 20% off your order. to Thrive Live. If you've just joined us, I am Carolyn Gazella, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Lise Ulschuler, and we just had a great conversation about Chinese medicine. Lise, what stands out in your mind as a key takeaway from tonight's show with Dr. Cardwell? Well, you know, I think that actually, to be honest, what comes to mind right off the bat is just his deep uh, appreciation for the the utility of Chinese medicine and acupuncture really at all phases of the cancer care continuum. And he clearly has that opinion from his own experience in using it. So I think that, you know, a key takeaway is just the importance for people to consider this. It's a very foreign concept for a lot of folks. And I think that it probably seems scary. I asked the question jokingly about how big the needles are. They're actually generally very small, like the width of a human hair. So they're very small. It doesn't really hurt when you get acupuncture. It's actually a lot of people take a little nap during the treatment. It's very relaxing. And so I think that a takeaway would be just for people, you know, to maybe open their minds to the possibility of including it no matter where they are in the continuum of cancer and expect that they might get a lot of benefit from it. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. And and you know how big of a fan I am of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And sometimes uh, the botanical part can get overwhelming for, for people because these are specific Chinese herbs and they are in combination and it's very individualized. So my advice is to always see a Chinese medicine expert and a acupuncturist if you want to try to take the, the botanicals. Um, the, the thing that 
I was struck. You know, I've I've used acupuncture for just a wide variety of things in my life, but I was struck by the simple fact that if you name any of the side effects associated with the cancer uh, treatment, you've got it covered with acupuncture. I mean, he pretty much listed them all, pain, nausea, uh, fatigue, insomnia, neuropathy, uh, loss of appetite, uh, constipation, dry mouth. I mean, these are things, uh, this is a long list that acupuncture can help associated with the side effects of cancer treatment. But then when he was going into how it can actually have anti-cancer effects, um, like that study he talked about where acupuncture alone increased natural killer cell activity, I think that's some exciting newer research that we should keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And we know how important natural killer cells are, that the, one of the main ways that our immune system recognizes and attacks cancer cell. And actually on that note, I want to share something with um, our listeners about the Chinese perspective of cancer. It has to do with the immune system. So there's a, a word in Chinese that is used to describe cancer, which I can't pronounce, so I won't even try. But the translation of the term in Chinese that means cancer can be translated in our language to something along the lines of um, life activity um, that is has been chronically weakened and specifically the body's resistance has been weakened. And one of the key components of the body's resistance is immunity. So in the Chinese sort of tradition, if you will, or language, cancer is really thought to be very much a disease having to do with the immune system. So I think that it's going to be true then that a lot of the traditional remedies and therapies used in the in the traditional context for cancer is are remedies that will support immunity and build immunity. Right, I would I would agree, and that's really quite a wonderful way to look at it. And um, because we also, with the Five to Thrive plan, uh, we talk about how you can transform your internal landscape. So if there is an area where uh, you have a, a weakened pathway, that you can in fact in fact impact that pathway. So I, I really like that. The other thing too, though, um, he did go beyond immune system and he talked about uh, the effects of cortisol. And I know that uh, their acupuncture and Chinese medicine can be used to increase t- tissue oxygenation and circulation. Um, he talked about digestion and detoxification. So I think that there are a lot of ways that this medicine can help people along that spectrum of cancer care. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that he didn't speak to directly, but he kind of um, mentioned it in a roundabout way, you know, I asked him about combining the treatments with chemotherapy. And he said that, yes, uh, that's often done. And in fact, there's a lot of research to support that. And he's right. And in fact, one of the areas of research that is very interesting is that some of the traditionally used Chinese herbs can, when they're used with chemotherapy, reduce what's called... um, multi-drug resistance. So one of the reasons chemotherapy can stop working for people is that the cancer cells learn to become resistant to the chemotherapy. And there's been several studies that have actually shown that certain Chinese herbs will prevent the cancer cells from developing resistance to chemotherapy, making them 
quite important and synergistic. That's true for some Western herbs as well. But I think that, you know, some of the research he was referring to, I'm sure, included some of this research. So, you know, very important to kind of think about really that's why it's so important to think about an integrative approach and why we wrote our first book, Definitive Guide to Cancer, all about an integrative approach to cancer care because we really have to cast the net much wider when we're dealing with such a life-threatening disease. Yes, and I, you know, when we have people like Dr. Cardwell on the show, it really enhances my appreciation, Lise, of doctors like you and Dr. Cardwell and the many others that we've had on the show because um, there is a very distinct uh, specialty that is required when you're working with somebody who is going through active treatment. And to have somebody like Dr. Cardwell or you um, on your on that team, um, it's invaluable. So hats off to you guys for sure. Yes, well, and I will refer my patients quite readily to people like Dr. Cardwell for the Chinese treatments because that's something I don't have an expertise in. But to your point, you know, when people have that expertise that I can send uh, my patients to, I'm so grateful because it really, I mean, I can vouch for the impact it has on people's quality of life during treatment and after treatment. Absolutely. Well, gosh, this has been a great show, and uh, we have another great show coming up next week. Next week, we have Alice Bender, who we've had on the show a couple of times before. She's one of our favorite guests because she always brings cutting-edge research, and next week, she's going to talk about some of the cutting-edge research on weight loss and some weight loss strategies and how that links to cancer. She uh, is a nutritionist and works at the American Cancer Research Institute, actually a dietitian, if I'm not mistaken, so that is next Next week. Yes, so she's a registered dietitian and she's with the American Institute of Cancer Research, AICR.org. Oh, <laughs> My dyslexia on display. <laughs> it's perfect, though. Yeah, she's, she's a, a great guest. And if you want more information about this show, our books, uh, or anything that we're up to, just visit our website, 5tothriveplan.com. And another great way to stay connected with us is through social media, Facebook or Twitter. Uh, just type in 5 to Thrive with either Facebook or Twitter, and you will find out all kinds of information. We do a lot of posting of health tips and things like that, so be sure to follow us on Facebook. And the best way to stay connected is to sign up for our Thrive Thoughts, as Lise mentioned in the beginning of the show. Just uh, It's right on our homepage. Just type in your email, and you will automatically get our Thrive Thoughts. And we do not share your name or email with anybody. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So enjoy the rest of your evening, and may you experience joy, laughter, and love. Okay, Lise, what time is it? It is time to thrive. Have a great evening, everyone. 